everybody, welcome to the Collective Podcast. This is going to be episode 20. I got my buddy Jake Sargent back on, and uh, we're doing a part two of our freelance episode where we kind of specialize this talk um, solely around how to be successful as a freelance artist and creative within the design and um, entertainment industry. Um, we touched on a lot of topics last time. Um, we kind of briefly touched on a couple other ones, and we're going to talk more in depth on some other things that we think that um, we could have elaborated on more so um yeah thanks thanks jake for say, uh taking some time to share with us and uh yeah what's up hey, buddy? how's it going <laughs> good to be back on it's been already a couple months crazy yeah and congratulations on uh your baby and everything and and uh and we talked a little bit about your balance and stuff so yeah so thanks you know like for everybody that's listening you know it takes a lot of time for him to make this kind of stuff happen so we just want to appreciate it and um yeah thanks dude appreciate it <laughs> to be back on man yeah cool but lots to catch up on yeah lots to catch up on lots of topics we just kind of um prior to the talking um on this podcast we were just ta- having a quick chat about the things we want to make sure we cover in this um talk we don't have a ton of time this this one around but we want to make sure that we're kind of ca- capturing a couple of the elements that are a bit important for us to elaborate on from last time um, and uh, and some questions that I've had from people that listen to the podcast that wanted to learn a little bit more um, we can probably just go ahead and start with the first one the balance topic you know do you want to kind of talk about how you maintain your balance and kind of some strategies or techniques it's probably more intense for you because of your newborn and well not newborn yeah. but you know yeah I'll, still I'll, very I'll young this, so. I'll give it a stab here <laughs> yeah the whole learning process of balance because it's totally something you just kind of continually are honing and making better as you go through whatever life changes get thrown at you. Um, but no, my, my kid, my son is uh, past two now. He's going on two and a half. So that that's a whole nother job in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> but a great one, very rewarding. <laughs> um, when it comes to, yeah, it comes to work and life balance and everything, like, you know, I've been freelance for quite a few years, uh, and you've been freelancing for how many years now? I think it's, like, uh, almost couple. three years now or two, two years, two years. I don't, pe- oh, I don't keep track of time, so honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't keep track of time. You know, time doesn't really mean much to me and most of it, but yeah, sorry. But yeah. Uh, no, just birthdays and New Year's. That's <laughs> Christmas, yeah. A couple Christmases ago, I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, my journey with balance has just kind of been, you know, getting a good routine going during, during the day, finding those peak moments of creativity. And I feel like most of it usually comes in the morning, you know, trying to carve that out and make the most of your, your, your mornings and figuring out a good routine based on what your situation is. And then staying focused throughout the day and, you know, knowing when to call it a day is the, the <laughs> other thing that is really tough to do. Um, and then carving that all out in the course of a week and resting on the weekends is important. Uh, even though we push ourselves on the weekends all the time. <laughs> so it's it's a tough business to keep balance. And I think it comes down to like what you internally know you're willing to do and what you want to, where you want to push yourself and then where you know you need to kind of rest and uh, re-energize yourself 
creatively. I yeah. mean, the, the Danny Yount podcast had a lot of good topics or thoughts on that, you know, like pacing and not killing yourself, but also going going hard when you need to. Yeah. So. Do you have more like kind of like specifics? Because like I, I'm just I'm also just writing down little bits. I'm getting an echo right. again too. Oh, let me turn my volume down a little bit. Is Sorry, that and let me know if you can hear me. That I I don't hear echo now, so we're better. I can I can hear you crystal clear. So. Okay, cool, awesome. Well, what I wanted to I I'm I'm also um, writing notes. So if you hear like ruffling and stuff, I'm just like kind of going through papers and documents and kind of grabbing things. So don't think okay. I'm not listening. <laughs> no. I am. I'm just trying to grab notes so we can kind of elaborate and capture these little things because. We just talked about like broad things like you know keeping your focus, weekends, weeks, um, you know having pacing, uh, pacing yourself, um, internal um, like you know communication with yourself and understanding like what what you as a person need and desire and then how much your body can perform that you know. So do you have like specific yeah. things? I have I have one I have some specific things that I've been doing lately that seem to be working pretty decently. But, um, you know, everybody has a different flow. And are there, like, certain specifics? Like, how do you, like, um, do you unplug and how do you do so? Like, when you go running, do you unplug or do you think about, like, work and what you need that's to do? A, that's a good one. Um, running is so, so great to just step away and kind of wake yourself up in the morning. And I always listen to music like Spotify. I got my playlists. And I should probably try podcasts sometime and see how I do with that. But I find music with a beat and everything helps me kind of push myself and get my run in. Um, but I mean, yeah, I find, I find my mind going to a lot of creative challenges that are on the table coming up. And, and you can kind of think pretty clear, you know, I've got the good Portland fresh air up here. It's starting to get really rainy. So I got <laughs> it's, drenched this last run but uh no it's it's uh runs are really really good how's it been for you i know you've been biking a lot lately yeah 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 do you well let me before i go to this because yeah, yeah. i want to talk about the biking thing and just exercise in general like how important it's been for me um and probably for you as well and you got me on that tip actually um but when you run you said you mentioned earlier that your biggest creative flow happens in the morning um when you do you, I mean, you get up really early now, like around seven, you're saying, and you drop your little one off and then you, then do you go do your run and then do you do your work? Is that kind of how like the flow happens or do yeah. you have, is that kind of the specific kind of setup? I just want to get more details because like, I'm going to break down my day to a little bit like more in detail, kind of how it works for me. And, and every, like we said here, like not everybody has a bike, not everybody wants to run, some people have bad knees, you know, like what do you do then and how do you get that exercise, you know, you can go do jujitsu or you can join martial arts, which I think is amazing. Um, any of those kind of distractions yeah. to, to kind of to kind of put your mind into a different setup. Like I think Tim Tatter said that he likes to do golfing because like even when he cycles, like he can, uh, he still thinks intensely about the work, but when he golfs, it has to shut everything down and it allows his brain to rest and recharge. And then he comes back to it like completely revitalized and if the problems basically kind of dither and, and become like, um, like, uh, successful, like, uh, results, I guess, or something like that, you know, like there's something that comes from it that works really well, um, yeah. from that, from turning off basically. But <clears throat> yeah, do you have, so you run in the morning and, and do you, do you like, what, like you allow yourself like 30, 45 minutes of running? 
Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to run like a three mile run, which for me is good. I'm sure that sounds like nothing to some hardcore runners. But That's good me, though. Yeah, three I mean... miles is, is good and it's got some elevation and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, when I do get out and run, I don't do it every day, obviously. But um, about how often do you do it? A couple of times a uh, week, three times a week? I post it on Facebook, so don't go look at my Facebook. <laughs> you can see all the gaps where I don't run. Um, you can keep it know, public too. That's an interesting thing about yeah, it that, as well. That's like I don't go on Facebook very much, but that is one thing that I'll post just to kind of like push myself. Like, hey, I got to share this, and you know, got my run in or whatever. Um, but no, I I try to go. Ideally, I'm pretty happy if I'm like running three times, four times a week would be pretty great. But you know, every other day kind of thing. Awesome. So, um, and then I want to get into biking, like kind of what you've been doing, and yeah, supplement man. the running with biking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great way to get the day started, get the creative energies flowing without sitting in front of your computer and start thinking of the, the things you're gonna have to figure out during the day and it, it just helps your mind kind of open up and be ready for what's to come i think waking up and just sitting in front of the computer takes a little bit of like you know build up time to get to that peak uh productivity you know but sometimes we just have to hop on the computer and get going um but no i, I find that's been really helpful to kind of build a routine. So basically wake up at seven, um, get my, my little one all sorted and taken care of, try to be running by like 8.30 or nine, and then get it, you know, I only run for about half an hour if I'm running good and hard. And uh, so that takes about 45 minutes to do the whole run. Um, and then, and I run in like a beautiful area of Washington Park, which is, really inspiring visually just to kind of go run in that and a lot of ideas come for like you know future projects I want to work on current things I'm working on and get back and get ready as quick as I can get in front of the computer and start working awesome those are the days that yeah I run and then the big challenge I think for me is like getting to bed early so I can wake up early because I feel like that's the more productive way to take advantage of my, my mental workflow or what, what works for me. I don't know how yeah. it is for everybody else, but going to bed too late makes it hard for me to wake up and be ready to go. There's so much to do in the morning for me. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's good to know that. Like, I think I want to point out a good thing too about like, because this is like a freelance thing, we're getting more in depth about how we operate as freelancers and don't work on a nine to five with a boss and, you know the routine and structure um, routines are important for most people because um, as humans we're, you know we're free thinking for the most part and we can be very random in our processes and stuff and and especially when you're de you're demanding the best out of yourself and running at such a high octane if you're like um, constantly um, being uh, acquired and, and hired on by some of the best people in the world for their for your talent you got to constantly feed that and a big important thing to, that you mentioned that I think is really vital, and I've noticed there's a difference between myself when I'm able to um, work out and when I don't, is like when I go straight to the computer, like, yeah, I can get into it and I can do anything I set my mind to, but it's just a little bit harder. It's always like 
if I don't, if, if there's there, if there's a week where I don't go like to jujitsu or I don't do like a, a ton of riding or something, like it really um, hinders my my creativity. And I one thing I really want to point out is is a lot of my favorite artists and designers, they're around before computers were around, and um, I think what makes them different is the thinking aspect. I think a lot of the times, a lot of us just get in the computer and we're just like, oh, use a I don't use it, but that Pinterest or like look at blogs and all that kind of stuff and it and it and it of course it's great and you get inspired and you see some cool stuff, but the ideas and the thinking is what will separate you as a person from everybody else. Your ideas and who you are and your individual um, context basically is going to be what people will hire you for. And so you must make sure you foster that and you can take care of that because that's really important. And I think that's always been the thing that I've been able to try and do my best to foster or connect with, you know, and I always try to emphasize that within myself. Um, so, and I think those ideas come from, um, like you said, when you're going around, like I just got back from Berlin, it was so fucking amazing, like so beautiful and it was so energizing and not necessarily in the way that like, oh, I'm going to use that for like this project, this and that. It's like, it's just like, I'm taking in all this information and I felt like a newborn because my eyes are bright, wide open because it's a new experience. So I was totally, my sensory, like, system was just completely open and exposed yeah. to this environment and the same thing happens when i go riding because like you know people could hit me and i could die so i have to be completely aware and awake and um able to do you know whatever i need to do to, in order to survive basically you know because i'm riding next to people going like you know 60 70 miles an hour on some of these roads and they can totally just destroy me. So, I mean, so that's another way of waking your system up in a different way. And plus, it's getting my heart going. And then, I, you know, after it, I feel like I've accomplished something. I mean, like I was telling you, I, the other day I rode 46 miles. And for that's me, insane. it's yeah. a lot of miles. Like, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not Lance Armstrong. I just What's, got... How long did it take to bike dude, 46 miles? Dude, it was like three hours, man. <laughs> and it was a pretty flat or did you hit a lot? no man there was some like i live um i live inland from the beach and so i rode out to the beach and then like like over the hills and all this like there's one really massive like huge like i don't know the incline or the elevation change but i think it's got to be like 15 to 1700 feet of incline like uh hill, hill climb yeah like, uh, elevation change and just a bunch of that in between but um it was just amazing but I, I mean my i literally went to like almost muscle failure like i was like i could barely walk in my arms like my tendons and my hands like it's still hard for me to like use a mouse and stuff but what i'm getting at is after that i was like fuck <laughs> but I, I felt like damn like I, I i accomplished something that i haven't been able to set yet and and i'm all about contrast like you know that's why I did prologue and all that stuff. I like to set, yeah, con I like to set contrast. You know, you can, you can see <laughs> what you're made of, you know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. up to a 40-something mile bike ride. I don't know what your previous longest ride was, but that's... It's, it was like, um, I think I, the, the the longest was like 18 miles. So you really that. shattered that and yeah, yeah, saw yeah. what you could, could do. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think I uh, just keep pushing myself, you know. But um, I think the accomplishment, the feeling of the accomplishment. Every day I try to ride about 12 to 15 miles. I don't have a ton of time. I only allow myself like 30, 45 minutes a day of riding. Yeah. But um, And I don't do running much anymore because like um, I have pretty bad knees. I used to ride like BMX and, and do all kinds of stupid shit when I was a kid. So my knees are kind of messed up. So the impact for running 
because I haven't set up a proper way of running like completely great. And, and, and I've actually gotten really good at it, but the impact is kind of severe. So that's why I got the bike because now my ass just hurts and not my knees. <laughs> I'm going to have to do more, more biking myself because just not getting any younger and body yeah. doesn't like taking that impact all the time. Yeah. So yeah. it'll, it'll it be hurts. good. You should get go one, man. And yeah. And you, you can do, you can cover so much more ground too, which is really impressive because like with running is great, but you're still so localized, you know, like you can only yeah. go so far. And I, and the thing I love about running is the experience, obviously you get to see things, but also like if you're really focused on running, you don't really get to see much. You're just focusing on your breathing yeah. and not dying. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to detract ourselves too much, but this is, this is all helpful for, you know, finding your, your energy, I think. Sure. Um, but I, I, I biked a lot when I was in Santa Monica. Um, I lived about 11 blocks from the beach, and I would bike down to the bottom of Pico, one of the main streets in LA, and go all the way up to kind of the edge of Pacific Palisades. And, and that was an awesome ride to just be on the beach the whole time and, you know, beautiful sunrises right along the ocean. Gorgeous. Yeah. So I, I love doing that. That was that was awesome. It's just a good experience, you know, all in all. It's just like you're yeah. physically moving your body and you're propelling yourself by your own momentum and, and, and energy. And yeah, that's the honest thing. So I mean I'm not trying to be like everybody go to get a bike and blah blah. I mean it's expensive. I spent probably like fourteen hundred dollars just getting the bike and all the right. gear, you know, and I bought like a bunch like I bought the bike off Craigslist and stuff because I couldn't afford like the brand new one or I didn't want to necessarily spend like $2,500 on a bike because that's what they cost from these bikes, you know, so they get pretty yeah, pricey, yeah. but um, it's totally worth it. it. Looks, it looks good though. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, when it was brand new, it was $2,500, but you know, like the deal I got, which was great, you know, and then, you know, we go back into the idea of like hustling, you know, like getting your dollars worth and trying to get, you know, the best understanding of like what you can afford and stuff and, and, and you know, like, um, I also really, there's another thing I forgot that I wanted to touch on is other people's, like the businesses that hire you too. Like we should talk about that as well. Um, but that that's kind of like a brief understanding of the balance. I want to talk about two other things that's been helping for me and maybe I can pass this along to other people. And, and if you have a strategy or a different thing and you're listening to this on um, SoundCloud or whatever, um, please uh, make some notes to it or comment on it. But these are some of the things that I've learned from um, Vitaly or from the books that Jake's recommended or just from the books that I've read through people that have recommended other books too. So one of the things that's been really helping me and maybe you do this too, Jake, is uh, the day before I, I set out my plan for the day, um, for the next day, the following day. And mm -hmm. I, and, uh, I probably need to work on a better strategy with this and I was talking to Vitaly about this because this is something that he brought up to me um, that seemed to be really great is he kind of itemizes his hourly breakdown like the day before um, like when you get up and then you know you do breakfast and blah 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 whatever your whatever your um, schedule is but you basically you get a good um, forecast of your day the next day so you know what you're getting yourself into and um, sometimes if you have a really difficult task um, you can set out your day the day before and, and this is kind of weird. Maybe this works for me, but like I start to dream of it. I come up with solutions before. So when I wake up, I'm already kind of ready for it. That makes sense. So I, and then another thing to really think about is if like, okay, if you're going to sit there and, and tackle a really complex problem, sitting there and analyzing and going, okay, I'm, I got this much time and how do I really approach it? So that I get the most out of that time and how do I really think that I'm going to be 
um, able to do all that stuff and my biggest problem is I always overestimate like I always think that I could do way more than I can and I <laughs> I'm always at the end of the day like fuck I didn't do it all but um I you know I get to like the 60 to the 80 percent mark which is good you know but I I just expect I think a day for me is like a week for a normal person I think so <laughs> I'm like I'm okay with that but I'm not okay with it so I try to be um, on it so that's where I fail I mean, everybody has a different thing. Some people, you know, will be successful in different way, different different parts of that. But um, so that's what I do. Um, I think that's a really good thing. And then I also, where, where, how do you note your your list of things to do? Do you put it on the computer? Do you write it down? Or? I actually write it, physically write it, um, just because I come from that era, basically, of physically writing things, and it kind of helps me like manifest in, in a physical realm, I suppose. And so by doing that, it helps me really understand what it is and so I, I write out like like you know 9 30 to 10 like I had breakfast and let my dog out and I get some like you know some stuff going and then like for 10 15 minutes after that I do like emails and I only allow 15 minutes and I have a timer on it and once that 15 minutes goes up I shut down the emails close that out and then I go straight to work and I try to tackle my biggest problems the best that I can in the beginning and because they always take a lot longer and then I just give myself time. So then I go, okay, well then lunchtime. And then I go take my dog out for a quick walk. And then I break up things. And then I come back. And then I do as much as I can. And then and then I go for a ride. And I come back. And then you know, or I have family time. And then I and then at night I usually get to a chance to work. And then so I put a time for that as well. And and so I I kind of break it up where you know some semi-realistic um, time spans you know like our podcast is in my my day for the day before and i and i make a couple notes like oh make sure i talk about this this and that and you know just certain yeah. things so i forecast basically <clears throat> so i know what i'm getting myself into before i did this i kind of was aimlessly just shitting myself through everything <laughs> and, and i and, and I, I failed a lot i failed a ton and i and i realized that um because i'm so uh, I don't know if I have attention deficit or whatever it's called, um, but I, I know that I have a low attention span because I'm so interested in so many things. Everything, like motorcycles and cars and mechanics and then art and then design and comics and graphics and, yeah. you know. And, and well, and sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting for no, a moment. No, no, please, 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 go ahead. Social media, right, is like the ultimate <laughs> interrupter of, of some sort. So it's like, Absolutely. Do we, as people living in this crazy social media age, start to carve out our social media time, or can we balance it and just do the back and forth all day? You know, hey, that was awesome. I got to post it on Twitter. Like, I think we, I come from a generation, or you're a, you're a little younger than me, um, where yeah, this stuff is supposed to be kind of absorbed and brought into our lives at a certain point to stay relevant right you know yeah. just it's just part of our lives now and if you're like a younger person listening to this in the industry you probably just feel very comfortable with social media facebook all that stuff and it's i've, a I've had a little bit more of like a yeah an arm's length kind of feeling towards it sometimes because this is just me you know like totally the less i post on twitter is not always the best thing, but sometimes it makes what I do post a little bit more like, oh, wow, he posted something he hasn't posted for a week or whatnot. Um, totally. Is something more relevant when you're posting a little bit less or not? It's, it's a tough thing to say. 
and I'm, I'm totally the, like taking us down the social media road, but back to your... I think that's important though, because yeah, I mean, I only allow myself, I try to only allow myself about 10 to 15 minutes a day of social media. We're just checking Twitter, responding to people, looking at a feed maybe and seeing something interesting. Yeah. Um, but I try not to like, because right now, like, like Danny said it perfectly, um, it's, it's all about the harvest. Like I'm in harvest mode right now and I'll probably be in harvest mode for the next five to eight years. And after that, I got to really reap all that. <laughs> so I got to work my fucking ass off because if I don't do this, if I don't work hard and I don't set these connections and I don't do all these things that I feel that I must, I won't get to where I need to be. And um, I'm only going to be, I'm only going to have this tenacity and energy for so long, I think, you know, like, I don't think it's ever going to deplete, but I think it's, I, I know when my body starts to slow down or I could feel it, it's basically like, I could feel like it's like running, right? Or riding a bike. Like I can feel that, okay, I just did 20 miles and I'm feeling a little bit tired, but it's my mental that will keep me going. So I think as you get older, there's all these distractions and all these things and all these like this baggage that you basically carry that makes you slower. Yeah. But, it, but if you're stronger mentally, you won't be slower. So I think like, and I also look at guys like, I mean, people will probably laugh at me, but I just listened to his autobiography, and I think it's fascinating. His Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography, Total Recall, and I thought it was fascinating because the, the, the amount of things this guy's accomplished is, like, out of control. And I might not agree with all the things that he's done, obviously, but for the most part, he's a successful guy, and he's managed to, like, you know, come across the world by just pushing weights around and then becoming one of the biggest, like action stars of all time history and making like the most money like there's this the things he's done and he and he, he wasn't really uh and he's old now he's an older guy but he's still doing things you know and so i realize yeah. there's certain dynamics and what i'm getting at here is um uh, i'm basically kind of capital capitalizing on the idea that you know people say when you get older you slow down i agree with that of course you can't necessarily physically do like backflips and all that kind of stuff and you can but um <laughs> but it's it's all in your mind, really. A big part of it, you know, mind over ma uh, matter. There's that whole placebo thing. I remember studying that in college and how interesting that was, like how powerful the mind is. So when I'm on like my 40th mile, I'm like tell I'm like shitting myself. Like, how am I gonna get home? Like my muscles are failing, you know. And then I have to go over this huge hill, and then I'm going like. I think I tapped out at like 47 miles an hour, like hauling ass down the hill <laughs> and my muscles were literally like seizing up. And I was like, if I like fall, I'm fucking done, man. <laughs> and so I'm like freaking out, but, it, but it's keeping me aware. And it's my mind. It's, it's me basically having a, it's like, who's powerful, more powerful, the me or my mind. And so the same thing with like, I got to do this project and I only have so much time and, and who's in charge here, you know, and understanding where your energy comes from and how to control it basically. So. Yeah, knowing yourself, knowing, knowing yourself. your limits, and yeah, that's that's super important. And it takes takes years to get you know that figured out sometimes. Totally, so. and you'd only know yourself if you push yourself. Like you know, if you don't push yourself, how will you know yourself? You know, that's what I, that's what I mean. We kind of talked about it, but I mean, I set contrast for myself. Like if I if I do the whole thing with prologue, or if I do the whole thing with like you know. I'm eventually gonna, I can tell, I can already tell that I'm eventually gonna start doing like those 100 mile things. I'm gonna be like one of those dudes that just gets, yeah. gets crazy and <laughs> wants to do the, like, you know, <laughs> I look like, like, like I just died kind of thing. So, <laughs> because I, I want to see if, if I'm made of that, you know, I want to see if I, if I have the ability to do so. And I know I can, it's just a matter of doing it, you know, and the same yeah, thing with, awesome. but it'd be, it's just like, it's just contrast, you know, just setting contrast, trying to discover 
what you're made of and and and, and it's surprising and the whole thing about this whole thing with how how to connect this to freelance is you are in charge of all these things with you within yourself you know like there's nobody else in charge of this like nobody's gonna be, you know people might be like okay you need to do this this and that that's okay that's mostly set up for somebody that works a nine to five but when you're a freelance like you're only gonna be successful if you push yourself you know like because why not just why not why don't they just save money and hire somebody in-house to do the job you know and not nothing against that but it's a business thing you know like it's a business we're in the business of, you know, being self-propelled, and you got to understand how to set that contrast and how to keep yourself ahead of the curve, you know. And it's it's not easy, you know. It's not it's not easy. So. No, and and we have so many. Well, you know, at a point where you've put in your your time and you've gotten people to know who you are, put out your website, and starting to reap some of those benefits, a lot of opportunities are going to come your way, and then it's about how to filter you know, hey, I don't think I should take that. I should take this. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot more no's than yeses, and that's okay. You shouldn't feel like, you know, you have to say yes to everybody's project, even if that sounds cool or that sounds cool. Like, it's it's this really tricky puzzle of your schedule, looking at it, and knowing what you can really take on and what you can give to somebody. Because I don't want to give anything um, that I, that's not my full self to a project it's not fair to the client it's not fair to me everybody uh, we've, we've pushed ourselves and overdone ourselves before and we've learned from it and uh and that's what helps you you know try to make the best informed decision the next time around yeah but there's always crazy timelines and um i won't say the company that called me but we both worked at it before <laughs> um, and they called and wanted something in like two or three days that would take two weeks to do it right in yeah. my mind you know and you're kind and cordial like sounds cool and everything but there's no way i'm going to take you know in the back of your mind i can't do that in two or three days it's just too much um so you know just it's gotten easier over time to you know myself and what i can do and what i can't do and and helping educate clients a little bit too like and they know sometimes when it's just crazy but you know, they get put in binds where, hey, we, we're going to take this on, you know, we got to pay the bills and they got to find people, you know, and like, right, right away. And it's just, it's tough business to just drop everything and be there for a client. But when you do that, you know, you charge a appropriate rate and you crank for them because that's what the job is, right? Yeah. So, and that's why you're a professional. Yeah. That's yeah. why they hire you. Yeah. So you just have to know yourself what you're willing to uh, do you know you may lose a weekend or two make the money you need to make and then you have time to take your own project on and that's a lot of I think what you and I try to go for is carving out the time that we need to do what we are fulfilled doing you know so we can give that back to our clients when they come um, you know because if we just do client work nonstop. I don't think that's ultimately always going to be fulfilling. Yeah, unless your client is somebody that you love and will love working for. But yeah, that's really rare. I have that same problem, yeah. and I think I think what's happening uh, for me internally is that, yeah, I like that's been a really weird thing. I didn't think that would ever happen by taking breaks or like ne like needing to tell people no. Yeah. I'm getting an echo again. Sorry. Oh. Can you hear me? Um, I can hear you. Is okay. that better? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. that's better. Yeah. Um, but the thing is with this, I think um, with um, analyzing 
like how to say no and when to say no and, and to carve out time for your own personal interests like like you yourself like you're a great photographer and you love taking photos and you've invested money in having the equipment to do so so you need to utilize that and give yourself time to have time for that and get, make yourself better so that when you do come back you're recharged and ready to help out on a project I think for me it's like the same kind of thing and I'm realizing that I need to actually have a lot more time for myself if I'm ever going to make myself something big you know like and understanding like how to say no and when to take the jobs that you need to and how to charge these things. I think um, this is going to be a great segue into the whole topic of rates, how to charge and what to charge and all this stuff. I have a couple ways of like, um, and I can kind of explain a couple numbers and how it worked for me when I first started and to where I'm at now. And, you know, um, this isn't for everybody, you know, like everybody's different, everybody charges differently. You know, when I first started, um, I thought $375 a day was huge. And it was for me because I had no money and I was just like basically a student of this world. Um, and now it gets into the ranges of like $700 to $1,000 just depending on what project it is, if I'm able to show it, all these different obligations and things that I, you know, I need to make sure I double check with people and, and whether I want it or not, you know, if it's, if it's a dream job, I'm, I would be willing to take a little bit of a hit financially to work on it, but if it's not, you know, and if I can't show it, then I'm going to have to charge them for that loss, basically, and that goes, you know, that can become, you know, quite a bit of money every day, and we can do like, um, how you mentioned, you do like an hourly thing, is that how you set yourself up for it? Well, yeah, we, we come from, or at least I've come from the whole day rate scenario and, and the motion graphics community where they want to know what your rate is based on a 10 hour day. Yeah. And you've, you've gotten probably the same vibe, right? People want, what's your day rate? And it's usually based on 10 hours. Yeah. Or, or maybe nine. Yeah. Um, eight or nine. And that, that can break down hourly, obviously, because my eyes were opened up the moment I worked for a visual effects company um, that, that was abiding more by the law. Hey, once you go over eight hours, overtime kicks in and so um, I put my dues in at a place that well, I was full-time so they just worked me hard and they had every right to and I, I was willing to kind of work as hard as I could even though I wasn't making the money that I maybe wanted um, but once you go freelance you know you, you got to structure yourself in a way not to get taken advantage of um, but also just be fair back you know two-way two street and so this takes us into overtime discussion hourly hourly pretty much is based off a day rate but I just would prefer people think of it as an hourly rate because that's what you're putting in hours instead of what is a day that's kind of a gray area right yeah um, if they want to work you a 13-hour day then that's not nearly what an eight-hour day would be and it's, it gets awkward if you haven't negotiated that um, from the beginning. So um, who's to say if somebody really gives you um, a lot of uh, flack for saying, here's my hourly rate versus day rate, and you're young in the industry, maybe you're going to be like, oh, okay, I got, I got to say a day rate and just suck it up. I mean, people are just going to see how far they can test you a little bit, and you got to know how strong you are and your confidence level and where you are in, in your uh, career. And some people I've seen like really young designers, like act like they're worth way more than they really are. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Hey, you know, they got, they got some, some balls to be able to kind of uh, 
quote that rate, but you know, if they can't back it up, then they won't stay working and they'll have to adjust the rate, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, I don't know if I'm answering what you're saying. No, I mean, you're, you're tapping, you're hitting on all those little key I'm things. Elaborating on day rates. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's a huge topic, you know. So, what, yeah, I don't know what you do in terms of daily or hourly, but I, I have a, a breakdown. And I've actually, I do think of it from a client's point of view of, hey, I'll give you a break if you book me for longer. Um, you know, and I think that's appreciated by a client where, hey, if, you know, you're only going to book me for a week or less. I'm going to charge, you know, a higher rate. If you book me for longer, I'll, I'll bring my rate down, you know. Yeah. yeah. That way there's some flexibility and yeah, this is going to go for a little while and we'll, we'll, uh, that's what I've done that I think has really helped. So people kind of choose, okay, how important is this? Do we want to get this all done in a week or can we take two weeks? And if we do, his rate will fluctuate a little bit, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And it's cool to, it's also important for us to think about like, there's, there's, a, it's a two way street, right? And there's, there's, there's two, there's two parties involved. There's, the business who is just trying to sustain themselves and, and make a profit so they can continue to keep the lights on, which is very important. And we need to all always work and understand that and, you know, do our best to help these people. But at the same time, we also are our own company, basically. And we need to kind of look at ourselves as a mini company and we have to keep our lights on, you know, AKA feeding ourselves and literally keeping the lights on. So mm -hmm. there's, there's two things. And, 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 and so it's important to have some sort of empathy or understanding um, with within working on these kind of topics or working with like um, companies so it's not just like if you start being like it's me 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 and I don't give a shit and being a dick uh, you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna be very well honestly in freelance I think it's important to respect yourself and to make sure you get what's earned to you like what you deserve but um, that's mm -hmm. also really important and a key thing to remember that these companies are, are just as in need as you are. And you said it perfectly. If you don't stand up for yourself, though, they will they'll run you through it, you know? So you got to be very cautious of, like, what you think your value is. And if you don't know what your value is, then, like, ask around, start to figure out, like, okay, what are you charging? Because before I, I started charging the rates that I did, I would ask all kinds of friends and people and this and that. And, I, and, and from all different um, um, disciplines, you know, from motion to guys that work in movies, that guys that do design catalogs, that guys design logos, like everybody. So I can get a good rough like, okay, I think I do this and I can charge this and this is how much money I need to make. Uh, and that is how I kind of come to understand what I need to make basically uh, an hour. Another key thing and a very important thing is to, if you don't know your finances, you should really sit down and understand um, how much money it costs for you to exist and yeah. how much money that takes for you to make like you know so like for me I try to gear it up so that I know like my wife and I sat down and itemized everything everything like how much money goes to grocery and how much money to the gas and then you know insurance and then the house payment and all that stuff and we break it down itemize it and that way I go okay every month I need to make X amount and it caught and, and if I do this rate a day or this rate an hour, I have to work X amount of days. That means I'm left with X left over for my own projects. And at the end of the year, I have these this many days, which allows me to have, you know, this much projects of my own done, which makes me go further. And that's my own personal goal. That's how it works for me. And, you know, everybody has a different way of approaching those kind of things. But this is, that's a key thing. I really think you need to understand if you want to do freelance, you need to understand 
how much it costs for you to exist, basically, and how much to sustain yourself. Um, you know, if you're like, oh, if, you, if you're really keen on having like, you know, lavish dinners and stuff, and you're just a single person, and you know, you have a nice apartment or whatever, just really sit down, spend all, spend and live as you will for a month, and take all those receipts, don't delete them, and at the end of the month, set a, set a reminder and go through everything and calculate how much it costs you to live. And if that's what you want, then you got to figure out, okay, then it costs me this much to survive and I have to make this much a month. And be really cautious too. Another really key thing, and I think you probably do it too, Jake, because you're a dad and, 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 and you're married and stuff and you got to look at these things in different ways that, um, I don't know if you do it though, but um, you need to have at least six months saved in your saving account. Six months of earn, in, earned income, basically, so that when shit hits the fan, which it will, because everybody, you know, fuck, you can get hit by a car, or something stupid happens, or you get sued, or something dumb, and you need to be able to sustain living for at least six months. That's kind of like the golden rule for finances in general. So, yeah. you know, you gotta be really keen on that, and that could take you literally six months to make that extra money, you know, um, just to have that backed up. But that's really key. Put in a savings account. Don't fucking touch it. Leave it for a rainy day, and have the discipline to leave it there. Because I'm telling you. When all when you think everything is chill and mellow, it'll it'll hit you really hard, and then all of a sudden, you know, you don't want to be the guy that's like, fuck, you know, I have no money, I have no savings, I have nothing, I have to get rid of everything. You, you don't want to deal with that. If, if I mean, but it's everybody has a different thing, you know. If you're single and you don't have like a ton of worry and and and, and people that are like you know caring that you're caring for, it could be a little bit easier not to have such concern for these kind of things, but. Um, as soon as I became more of a family guy and, and realized all these things, I had to really focus on how to yeah. make make it so, you know. So. And and uh, you, I'm sure you take care of yourself with a good helmet and everything when you're biking 40 something miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm one of those nerds, dude. I got this. I think speedo I think always <laughs> the, the dual, you know, uh, pros and cons at the same time when I'm biking. Like, oh man, if I crashed at any point, this is how hard it would. I'd hit, and this is how much I'd <laughs> and you know, I'd try to gauge my speed accordingly, but, you know, sometimes you just go for it, and... and you you know, gotta live, you know? You gotta live. I love uh, doing stupid shit, you know? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I like to bleed and know I'm alive, you know, so I'm <laughs> constantly exactly. doing that. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, the scariest thing for us as artists, I guess, for me, like, you know, one of those nightmares is, like, if something ever, like, happened to your eyesight, you know, mm -hmm. we need our eyes, like, insanely... Yeah. Every day, and so, you know, as long as our eyes are good, I think we can we can still do what we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we have our hands, it's even better. But yeah. We need eyes and hands. We're, we're <laughs> go, but I'm very grateful for for that. You know, on a daily basis, uh, that all that's working, and that's how we make our living. So. Yeah. Same. Um, but yeah, based on what you were talking about, like finances and everything, like a more practical thing that I'm. I've been doing for a little while is I have an Excel spreadsheet that I'll list out my uh, my bank balance at the very top line, and then everything else flows under that. Like, oh, here's invoices that I have received. Here's some invoices that are um, not paid, and basically all the things that like my business is gonna need to spend money on. Um, now we're getting close to the end of the year, so I'm starting to think about end of year purchases and everything, but. Basically, you start with your current bank balance, at least this is what I do, and let, let it all kind of play out with the math from there of like inflows and outflows. 
And then what's your real balance, you know? That's what you're ultimately trying to get to and uh, keep track of, you know, where will I be once I get this invoice and or once this money gets taken out? And then you can carve out your decisions a little better for what projects you take on. Sometimes you may have to take them on a little bit more for the money and sometimes you can be picky and lose money a little bit for the opportunity. Yeah, but yeah. You gotta kind of know how to play that balance back and forth. Because if you don't see where you're really at financially, you you make bad decisions, I think, and you don't do the right things for yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's helpful to see it that way from my point of view. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think that's a great way to look at it. I think it's, you know, it's just a way of, 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 of gauging yourself, you know, like you don't wanna, like when I first started and, um, and I, I don't I wouldn't dismiss anybody for doing this but when I first started I took on everything because I didn't really care I just wanted miles you know when when I when you start jujitsu or you start in any mixed martial arts or anything you know like you just need to put the miles in like it doesn't matter and you need to get you know and that's why I think the state of the scene we work in is what it is because there's constantly people that are veterans and there's constantly people that are starting out and so the people that hire know that and so they're kind of they would work those angles and be like oh, okay well I could probably get this guy for this rate and this guy for this rate it'll cost me X amount so I'll charge the client this much and I'll cap I'll cap off and get the extra 10 20 percent off this profit and you know by the end of the year I have you know these companies and for some of them they're they're really smart they have really smart great people that are working behind them to keep the lights on and they can they'll manage to make you know millions and millions of dollars if they work the thing if they work it right you know but that that comes from certain that comes from certain things you know and in in our industry we are usually the commo- the commodity basically like the we're the talent feeders or the people that are actually providing these things you know the the ideas the worlds the visual effects the concepts the designs the um, everything basically and so that is um, utilizing it in a way that it makes profits great and it's awesome but it's it's it comes at a cost for certain people and some people have great experiences with it's not some people don't um i mean i don't know like i've heard horror stories i've heard some great stories you know there's some companies that are so amazing and they share everything they can and they do profit sharing and kind of stuff like that just to i mean if i had a company that's exactly what i would do because if i worked for a company and i would be okay with staying there like i would want a piece of it and if i succeeded i would want to have a piece of that if i worked for a game or a movie or something that i put my heart into i would want a piece of that success you know not just a paycheck because it's not what sustains me but that's why i do freelance because i'm in charge of that you know like it's basically me you know like i i'll put i'll put the time in for whatever and as long as that's something i love you know and you said it perfectly like sometimes you'll take a job that won't really give you anything um, creatively, but it'll help you pay your bills. And then meanwhile, you might have a job or something you do just do for free because you fucking love it. You know, like there's, yeah. you know, like, oh, you love taking photos. So you'll just go out and spend like a week taking photos. Like, it's, yeah. You know, and and that's okay. Opportunities come from that. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just got to kind of go, go out into the unknown, the black hole for a little bit and, and, just trust it's going to work out sometimes. It will. There's no guarantees, you know, but usually it will. And that's what you got to trust in. Um, I did, uh, I did a week out on the Oregon coast about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month. Awesome. Um, on a, on a short film documentary kind of project, uh, with a really cool company here in Portland. 
and it was a great experience to just go out and be in you know beautiful nature and shooting some really interesting people on your red on the red and i was was, um, out there with my scarlet trying to get up to an epic but right now i have scarlet yeah, and it's expensive. It's still the, great. It was though. an Alexis shoot, so it was with the... Oh, those are great. But um, I was just shooting kind of additional cinematography and, and helping out with it. And it was just a total passion project that uh, that nobody was really... It was no, it was not client-based. So, you know, everybody was kind of doing it for, for the love of it and not taking really a rate and charging for it from what I, from what I knew. And that was okay. You know, I... I I luckily had enough built up to say I can take this week off and sure. uh, and do this, and it was it was a great experience. And the project will come out in October, and I'm excited to see it kind of all finish up. But me too. Yeah, those kind of things are. Get on your site, fool. <laughs> oh, my site's launched. By the Is way. it? Okay, good, yeah. good, yeah, good. It's, okay, it's I'll been check it out. Since the end of August. Okay. So. Perfect. Well, I'll be sending, if people are listening don't know Jake and his work, I'll be posting a link to his. It's also on the uh, our first podcast, um, the freelance episode, special part one. So, but yeah, that's cool. Well, congratulations. I haven't even gone over there and checked it out. I just assumed oh, that no. you were going to send me a link and I didn't get one. So I was yeah, like, you know, what, here's, my, here's the really interesting thing about it, I guess. For, you know, most people will just like go on a media blitz, like, hey, I finished my site and send it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, I've, I've just kind of been letting it be out there and seeing kind of what, how many people, you know, catch on to it or find it. And I'm not, I'm not in like a big rush because luckily I've built up enough um, success with people knowing my work. And so I'm almost like not trying to go too crazy promoting it because I don't want to go have to deal with too many. And that sounds really like boastful. I don't want to have to deal with all the, the emails if I just go crazy, but sure. Whatever, I'm just, it's out there. It's took, it took me a long time. I'm still picky about it and just things I'd want to do to make it even better. Yeah. But it just needed to get out there. And <laughs> Yeah, finally. Well, I think the yeah. key thing for people who are listening to this, they're like, what? Why isn't he doing this? Like, if you're, if you're new and you're starting out, by all means, please, you know, show um, as many people as you can so you can too. get those clients. But, you know, Jake set himself up with the, the, the right amount of clients and, and clientele and people and, and, and just people that he connects with in his circle that he's able to stay in his living and it does he doesn't have to do the blitz as, as much necessarily you know and that's that's actually um admirable and and, and a bit smart because yeah you, you don't you're doing it like from my my point of view you're, you're making your site for your own self now basically does that make sense i think prior was, maybe it was, was like project. yeah it was a project in and of itself like that i was taking on hiring you know code guys to build it for me and it was just like a labor of love of like how I care about all the intricacies of a, a good website and trying to make it really intuitive and easy to navigate through the work. You know, people have to let me know if that's working or not, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's out there and it's going to be a great way to show my future work. And I'm kind of, I, I need to finish up all my Iceland kind of stuff. Awesome. And that's another reason why I haven't been like, promoing it huge because I want to get Iceland kind of up there. You ever think about like contacting a band you love and doing like a video or something for them with that stuff? Oh yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of ideas that can get me back to Iceland if, if <laughs> at all possible. It's so, um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was a huge trip for me to go kind of take in that kind of nature and scenery. Yeah, look um, beautiful. 
So yeah, that's at least the site's out there and um Good. I'm gonna go check it out. Right before we got on on the podcast and just some awesome stuff on there, man. And and your site just works super simple, really really easy to navigate. So Thanks, man. That's all that matters, right? At the end of the day you can just kind of get through it quickly and Yeah. Take it in. It needs so. to be just like yeah, like a flip book. I, I was thinking about changing it, but I was like, what would I change about it? It's already kind of. I mean, uh, of course, it would be cool to have something different. And eventually, I might just kind of like delete half of it and only show a couple things, as I did as I change and become the next person, basically the next creative yeah. entity that I'm discovering that I want to be. But um, as for now, it's it's yeah. Thanks thanks for your kind words. And I think for now, I think um. I, that site's the same site that I had when I first got my career going and, and the way, the ease of access, the ease of use, the ease of getting to it. Like I've been to some of my favorite artist sites and I fucking hate their site because it takes me so much and so many layers and back and forth and all that stuff just to see their work and all I want to do is see their work. I don't want to like spend the time trying to figure out how this thing works or how to see it and stuff. So that for me, just for me personally, and I know that clients are the same too because a lot of them are just like they don't have time to dig around and spend they have a million things going on they want to go okay this guy does this he does it well or he does it bad and that's it and let me contact him because i need him for this this and that i think 90 percent of the time when people contact me for jobs is because they kind of simply thought and applied their project to my ability and they go oh you do this so you could probably do this for this right and and i go yeah sure and then you know then the job starts so right. it was a matter of connecting A and B and making it easy for the client not to overthink it and just kind of make it like, oh, he does this and this and that, you know, like that's why I kind of resisted showing a lot of like my drawings because I didn't want to confuse people to be like, wait, wait, so he does this and that. So some people would actually get confused and turned off by the idea that I do certain like a lot of things, which is odd to think of, but it's true <laughs> because, you know, like a, a client can only buy what they can see. So yeah, the way you present you, it, yeah. You need that work that you've you know proven yourself with to sometimes help you get to the next level with what maybe not everybody knows you're you're focusing on yep and it pays the bills something that will yeah keep you intrigued and interested is important but then you you i want to build up my you know photography and film work quite a bit more and i'm just trying to find those opportunities as they come but in the meantime there's plenty of projects that are interesting to me on like the tech, you know, interactive level, not necessarily any more future film work because I've done quite a bit of that. Yeah. Unless it's just something I can't pass up, but I, you know, I'm I'm just interested in building, you know, experiences and products, whatever they are that, that are like future forward thinking and uh, require a lot of design challenges, but they're kind of more present day or near future. That's kind of where I'm drawn. So awesome. Are you thinking about trying to be like, uh, like doing director of photography for movies or at all, or is that kind of like what you're thinking about, or within well, the range? I love, or no? I love that whole angle of you know just shooting and and Roger Deakins. Beautiful, Woo! yeah, beautiful, <laughs> uh, like almost tree of life type stuff. Um, but you know, it's a process. It takes a while. I'm not in a rush, you know, to completely. Um, I, it just, it's going to take some time to like get it where I want it and yeah. fine tuning process. So takes time. It takes time. So. A lot of investment. Like the, you know, all these projects, you know, like all these things that you're doing on the side, they'll lead you to it if that's what you want, you know, like it has to come from somewhere. 
And like, there's only like, there's only a handful of those guys that really just kill it, you know, that are amazing, that everybody yeah, wants a piece of. Those guys make crazy money, like fucking crazy money, like five grand a day at least. Some of those guys, like easily, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, you, you, you talk to, I checked out this guy's work, Tim Tatter, right? Yeah, Tim Tatter. Yeah, yeah. This is really, really great photography, um, for really great names. Have you ever come across uh, Carlos Sorrell's work? I, I'm pretty sh positive I've seen his stuff. I love I love his aesthetic and, and just overall look. Carlos S E R R A O I think. Can you send me a link and I'll make sure I post it into. Yeah. Um, if you send it to me in Skype, I can make sure I post it to the podcast. That yeah, he's just kind of one it. of my visual heroes for the, the mood and feel that he captures in in camera. He's been doing more film work lately that's awesome and i mean i we're not i don't think we're, we're necessarily digressing from the main topic here what i well what, I, what i'm saying here too is when you work a nine to five job it, it's it gets it gets incredibly hard to allow yourself to have the ability to go like oh well, i want to take a week off just to do this and like if you if you set yourself up go okay well i only cost x amount a month and so i need to make this much and then you do and then you have a week every month that you can take off to do your own shit you get to your goal a lot faster, if that makes sense. And that's kind of like the next big benefit that I've realized within freelancing is that, I mean, I, I do my best. I kill myself for my clients because I, I respect them and I want to give them the best that I can. And then the time I have for myself, I want to do the best that I can for myself because I want to have those goals obtained, you know. Um, having those, having that list of goals and desires, you know, like one thing in that book that you, you mentioned that I thought was brilliant. There's so many great things in that manage your day to day book. Um, I'll post a link to that again. I literally should be freaking uh, sponsored by that book. <laughs> I bring it up every podcast, no joke, because it's so amazing. But one big thing that I've noticed from that book that was big is um, every three months you set three big um, complex goals and you put them like right where you can see them and so you think about how to do them so you're constantly reminded of like okay I need to do this this and that and to get to that goal and um, believe it or not you can get there like it just takes time but that's part of the freelancing thing as well like you can get there you can do that with uh, nine to five as well it's just a little bit harder I noticed for what I've my con like what I was able to do within like working for people at nine to five because they owned they own my time that time you know but when i do freelance it, it shifts and changes you know i'm able to, to move things around and, and make work really hard on a client thing for a week and then stop and take a break and then do that you know so it just works for me and my flow and and plus i don't like having bosses and people like tell me shit all the time it just bugs me so i don't know i have an ego problem or something <laughs> what would you say your average uh freelance booking is you know in the course of a year I'm booked every day if I don't say no. Oh, so, easily yeah. with with your skill level, but like, do you average? Do you take on like week things or two week things or what is it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it varies. So like, like Ender's Game was ongoing for like a year and a half. That was like crazy yeah. long job, and it was actually incredibly challenging for me because just keeping the energy for that long was really, really, really challenging. Yeah, um, but you. So sorry, like when you. Like we've gone through this storyboard phase of the career where you're kind of coming up with concepts fast and it's really fulfilling and fun and you generate a lot of interesting stuff. But then you get on like a movie, like you say, Ender's Game. Yeah. And you just rock it for a long time and you try to keep, you know, your energy up for something that long. Yeah. And then after that, you're probably like, oh, I want to be on something shorter. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I just like the other day, I just did some like storyboard, like this, like, um, 
style frames for another project I can't talk about, obviously. But it was so cool because it was like, oh, I can't help much on this, but I can give you three days. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then in three days, I was like, fuck, man, I could push out a lot of work. I think I pushed out like, I don't know, 30 to 50 frames. But yeah. I was just like cranking them out because I was just having fun. My speed has gotten a lot faster because of these things, you know. But, I mean, the longest booking I've ever had was on the feature film Ender's Game. Uh, there was like a four-month stint for Total Recall. Prometheus was only, I was only on Prometheus for like a week, a week and a half. <laughs> that was oh. it. Um, and then, you know, other projects, um, they just come and go and they're, they come fast. Or they go, they go slow. I mean, sometimes, it's, usually it's like, um, I mean, I'm working on stuff with the government, which is pretty crazy. And that's going to be ongoing for whatever, maybe IBM coming up. It's just like, but it's, 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 it's hard to really place the timing. Some of these jobs, they could probably yeah, be on it forever. To- you know, but unless you're putting it in a document. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is on a project. Yeah. So it it shifts and changes, and I and it, and it's up to me. Like and now, it's becoming like yeah, I'm starting to understand like how much power I have, and not trying to be abusive of it, but I'm like understanding like oh, I, I don't I want to spend this much time on this because, you know, I find it to be this important for me, or or this will help me grow, or this will be able to allow me the time to afford to do what I want to do. You know, so, and that's yeah. just that's just kind of like you know picking and choosing basically, and and just trying to find what's most important for me as a creative person and keep my juices going basically um and it becomes very hard to balance that you know there's many voices that preside in my head that are telling me different things to do <laughs> all good i'm not <laughs> i don't want to sound evil time the day. yeah exactly the yeah. yeah exactly and, and discovering what it is and how to get to those goals and and, and um what things to take on to make those things possible basically so um, but yeah, but I mean, how about for you? Do you have like, I mean, sometimes I have like, I'll have a month hold like next month, next month I have a month blocked out for a job and then two weeks after that. Um, and like, so I'm, I'm booked out to like November, middle, middle of November as of it's, now. It's nice to have those, those, uh, longer bookings kind of in place because sure. you don't, you're not spending a lot of time like trying to find the next thing, but then sometimes it is nice to just know, Oh, I can, I can kind of crank on this. It'll come and go quickly. I'll take a break, pick the next thing up. You know, it's just, you learn to be very adaptable to different things because you don't get to always decide how long something will go. All you can do is decide with the opportunities at hand, like, does that fit with what I need? Yep. Um, and what I can give. And sometimes you can give, you know, a lot of yourself in those like three days because you're, you're primed and ready and like all the stars align for it. And sometimes it's just not the right you know, set up and people have to find somebody amazing else like you. But um, yeah, it just depends. Um, with I wanted to say something that I've been making sure I didn't forget. Yeah, please. About to-do lists and like my approach with it is uh, in Evernote. Um, for a long time, I was like, what's Evernote? You know, it seems yeah, cool. Yeah, the application. Never checked it out. Uh, but it's such a great app for like syncing notes between all your devices. If you're like on a Mac, it works really well. And I, that's what I do. I put my to-dos in an Evernote list. Um, there's even a little checkbox that makes you feel good when you check it <laughs> or strike through. I make checkboxes in my in my book too. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. checkboxes. It's so rewarding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And. Reward and system. Yeah, I, I, I like think about the next day. The more that I plan out my next day, I think the more productive it is, as long as you can carve that out before your brain's too tired at night. Um, 
but yeah, planning out next day and then what, how does that fit in the overall picture? I can still get better like, you know, putting the overall picture out there for, for myself, but uh, that's, that's what I use is Evernote, so. That's awesome. That's yeah, you told me about the application. Oh, yeah. okay, Echo again. Oh, sorry. Is that better? <laughs> uh, let's Coming see. Back? Check, check, check. Uh, yeah, it's still loud. Still loud, okay. Check, check, check. Okay, better. Better? Yeah. Okay, okay wait, check. no, I hear it again. Wait, no, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I just, like last time I forgot to tell you and I was like, oh, listening to the recording again, I'm like, oh, that must be annoying. So, it's fine. Yeah, just say echo whenever it's happening. <laughs> no, it's cool, it's fine. <laughs> but no, that's cool. The Evernote thing has been something I wanted to check out and I just haven't had, you know, you got to use it. That's it. You know, you got to put it in your daily routine. I just, I find that when I lay in bed and I'm just writing it bef the night before, before I go to sleep, I kind of just write it all out. And somehow it works for me. But the Evernote, if that works for you, that's perfect. I mean, it doesn't matter. The thing is, that's why we're doing this podcast together is because things that work for me might not work for you. And what things that work for both of us might not work for anybody. So the thing is, basically, the, the key thing here is to to use notes because like you can get is easily distracted by things like amazing links on Twitter, you know, like, or, yeah. you know, and before you know it, boom, there goes an hour of, of product productivity, you know? And if you look at yourself as being like a business, which we have to, which we are, we are a business, a corporation, like you can easily, um, lose sight of those things, you know, like you can lose sight of like your productivity and, and actually, um, creating a lot. So, which actually is another thing to talk about too is um, I, we got to make sure we talk about holds and why you and I don't do them and then um, also um, corporate S corp and all that kind of stuff the legal stuff like um, I'm an S corp now I think we talked about it a little bit prior um, because mm -hmm. it saves you from being attacked personally which I'm having to deal with <laughs> which is such a bummer such Still, a that's too bad. yeah dude it's the yeah. fucking worst thing ever it's so stupid. This is the way, biggest waste, just biggest waste of time. So I mean, if I have any really great advice for people that are really out there wanting to do freelance and wanting to take themselves seriously, the LLC thing is great. But in order to really protect yourself from the corporates and the big world, big bosses that would squish you, you got to have an S corp so you can disconnect yourself from like your personal assets. The uh, the S corp will will put a barrier basically between you and. Um, in your personal, you know, like it's a, it's a barrier. So that's an important thing. We talked, you talked about it last time, but um, I want to bring it up again and make sure if you, if you have any questions, just Google it and go to um, LegalZoom. I think LegalZoom is, I think it's a great setup too. And I think even like Joe Rogan's podcast talks about it and you can use like one of his keywords or some kind of, some kind of promotional thing. So if you go to LegalZoom, I think it's on LegalZoom. I could be wrong, but um you can basically go there and I think it costs like, I don't know, did it cost you like 800 bucks or something like that, the process? Yeah, maybe even a little less. Okay. Um, it was quite a few years ago, but yeah, that was, that's an awesome way to get yourself set up. And obviously if you can, find yourself an accountant that can uh, help you with any questions you may have in the process, but not absolutely necessary, so. Yeah, it's not absolutely, exactly. And you can, like, if you have, time and energy and you want to kind of figure it out like 
you know, as much time as you're going to spend, like, learning After Effects or Photoshop and all these tricks and doing all these things, like, it's not a, this thing that you guys have to understand doing freelance isn't easy. It's, it's, it's much harder than, it, than working a 9 to 5. But the results and the rewards are huge for guys like Jake and I because we can use our, these abilities to kind of allow time for ourselves and stuff which you can't get. So there's a trade-off. But the thing is with, like, doing these, like, um, you have to really spend time to really focus on, okay, I have to do, um, I have to go and understand taxes and tax law and this and stuff. And, and thankfully I have my wife, she helps me out with a ton of this stuff. She's a financial consultant, so she deals with that kind of stuff on the, on the regular. And I don't, I don't like dealing with that stuff to be perfectly honest. So she handles a lot of it, um, for me. So I feel like I told a baby, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, get a wife that knows her finances. <laughs> There you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so when if you're if you're dating somebody and they don't know finances, get out of that relationship. I'm just joking. <laughs> That's horrible advice. I'm just messing around. Somebody has yeah. to figure it out. So. <laughs> it's not you, it's gotta be them. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I mean you know, it, like if you if I mean if you, if I wasn't with my wife, I would figure it out and make it happen. It wouldn't be you know, it'd just be that much more time in the day that I have to de- I would have to devote to that you know and that focus but it and it, it all works out and and um you know it's it's just part of it but that's a very key and important thing for us to all understand and to really um pay attention to because if you don't you can find yourself in in some really bad situations um you know with not paying your taxes and getting audited and and you know like the government they'll take it they'll take it they don't <laughs> you know the two things that are certain in this life is that uh you're gonna die, and uh, you're gonna pay taxes. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, where do you want to live? Yeah. Uh, somewhere where you don't have to pay tax. That sounds like it'd be nice, but. Yeah. Not here, not in the U.S. Yeah, not in the U.S. Exactly, and it's 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 different every place. You know, different other other places and stuff. And, but yeah, in the states, you know, you pay taxes, and that's it. And then you know, you can't get away from it. So you got to figure out a way to work with it and make it so it's viable. The cool thing about S Corp too is like. I mean, I, I can write off almost everything that is somewhat incorporated or close to my business. So, like, I write off a part of my house because of um, my I have a home studio, even my car. When I go to the movies, you know, when I buy books, it's like all these purchases are usually tax write-offs and stuff. So they usually, I mean, it, it helps protect myself from, you know, paying the government basically X amount because I make X amount. It helps me save that kind of money when I put it towards myself and the things that I need. So it's another thing too that I, I don't think I could do with LLC. So the S Corp thing is good. Go to LegalZoom. I think it's like like 800000 to $1,000 or even less. I can't remember. Um, but it's it's not only is it a barrier between that, but it's it, you become an S Corp, you have a tax ID number. So when you do fill out W-9s, you, you don't use your social security number, you use a tax ID number. So it's a whole different parameter of things, you know, so... But that's, yeah, that's a necessary thing to have. Yeah. I recommend something, it. Something everybody should, uh, that, that's getting into long-term freelance, look at and spend time understanding for sure. Yeah. When I first started, I didn't know if I was going to do it for this long, but I knew that I had to because I'm down in San Diego. There's not a lot of shops down here, and I didn't think I was going to find a shop that would be able to do full-time work for. So I just knew that I was going to do freelance. So I kind of pushed myself into this position. And... Um, 
but at the beginning I was a little bit hesitant so I can understand if you're listening to this you're like I'm not sure and then you do yeah. you know, do the LLC to try it out and that's cool and then somebody comes along and tries to sue your ass and you're like ah oh, shit you know <laughs> it probably won't happen but <laughs> probably won't happen and hopefully not to, yeah to not get yourself in that position yeah protect you yourself can. yeah um, you know, one thing to be be mindful of is if you're planning on moving states mm. there's there's some things to think about like you know, each state has different rules for how you incorporate. And now that I live in a different state other than California, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Um, I had to, at least in Oregon, I had to set myself up as a foreign business corporation. And I think I could have, you know, dissolved California completely and done, you know, full, full Oregon setup. But you know, I'm, I'm only been up here for a little over a year. So it's like, there's some things that are still beneficial from having my California Corp. So right now I have my corporation set up in two states, um, but you, you don't want to have that be the case for too long. So, um, but it is the legal way to go about it. You don't want to be, uh, from, my, from my understanding, you don't want to be taking a corporation out of one state and not looking at what that new state requires, you know? Yeah. Because you're doing business in a new state. Yeah. So you have to look at what that state says for uh, operating a business in their state and paying them something, you know. So. Yeah. And this is all the yeah. states too we're talking about. I mean, we I should actually, maybe I'll have um I'll have some other friends on too that are out, you know in the different countries and stuff talk about how they kind of balance it out and different countries provide different structures and different things as well too. So we're just talking about the states, you know. So. And I'm, t I'm talking about particular um, California state law and all that kind of stuff. And and so it gets kind of complex and convoluted and weird and stuff. And, and honestly, I think a lot of it's just stupid, <laughs> stupid fucking bullshit. And it just gets in the way of getting things done. That's why I don't exactly. deal with a lot of it. I just, you know, I, I'm all about doing shit. I'm not trying to, like, sit there and try to analyze things to, like, till I don't want to do it. So, you know, because I'll, I'll overthink things and then I'll, and I won't do it. So... Um, so I'm, I try to just get things done and so I try not to stick too much time into business. So, you know, take these things with a grain of salt, understand that I don't personally do all this kind of stuff as well to try and figure out, you know, the odds and ends of this business to, you know, be incredibly perfect. I do try to do my best to make sure that I'm successful and that works and, and I know what those, uh, ingredients are and you'll discover it within your own work and your own self, but that's a big part as well. I think another thing we should definitely talk about is holds, um, and okay. you want to kind of describe what holds are? I think we only have like probably a 15 minutes, so I want to make sure we kind of talk about that. Okay. Um, well, it's been a while since I've even said, yeah, you can have a hold on my time to, to a client. So from the last time I, I was doing holds, which was years ago, it basically is just a, a client calls you and says, hey, we want to have you on this job, and can we get a hold for your time? And and you basically offer them like the first they they got your time if it's a first hold you know they got the first call on it and then somebody may have a second hold and it gets really complicated to start managing who has holds on your time versus a booking which is you know for sure a for sure kind of confirmation via email you usually you want to get that in writing yep um that says hey you're booked for this long then you can plan on it. If it falls apart, you know, a contract would have something that builds in a termination and like a kill fee. So you don't get hosed, you know, you start the project and a couple of days later it ends. We, we've talked about that in the other podcast. 
So holds basically are just um, ways that studios can, you know, know that they've got your time if you're willing to commit to it. And that's the big rub is like, well, how much time do I end up spending juggling, uh, you know, who's got me on hold here, who's got me on hold here. It can be helpful, like, I guess when you're, when you're starting out, but at the end of the day, it's just about a booking, right? So yeah. it's like, if you're, if you're serious enough to uh, talk to me and look at when you can book me, then, Hey, I'm ready when, when you are, if you can extend a booking, um, but holds are just unknowns, you know? Yeah, man. So absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. And that's kind of why, um, and I feel like such a douche for saying it, but I usually don't. I just say, I, I'm sorry, I just don't do holds. You know, either you book me or that's, you don't. I don't have time to, to juggle all these things on top of everything else, you know. So, and I've only had a couple of people ask me to, to do a hold. And, and thankfully, I worked out a way where I'm just like, let's just sit, let's just turn this into a booking, you know. Like, you know, like, yeah, shit or get off the pot, basically. It's like, I don't have time to. to talk yeah. over booking dates, I'm happy to let you know, you know, what I, what I could do or not. Yeah. And it just pushes them to be a little more um, committed to you you and your time. Yeah. And that's what really gets, that's what you're going for at the end of the day, like how to lock in a real booking. Yeah. So. And it demands respect when you act like that too, not to be a dick. I mean, this is, I'm not trying to say be a dick. And I, and I, and I, and when I say these things, I don't act like an asshole. I'm just like, I, I explain them to people that they should understand it. I say, you know, usually my experience why I don't do holds is because I just get so busy and I get so many requests on things that I just have to literally commit at that moment or I don't do it. Yeah. You know? like, like imagine somebody's ready to commit, but you've got to check with all these other people and then they're like, well, wait, we got to check with this person. Yeah. It's just like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, exactly. I, I don't want to like, and, and this is the thing too, as much as I respect them, it's like, you know, you, do, you don't own my time, like, until you pay for it, you know, so I'm not, like, in emails and waiting for shit, like, I could say, oh, I have this hold of this person, they take a day to get, it, get, to get back to me, the other client said, okay, I'm passing off to this guy because he's taking a day to get back to me, and, you know, it's like, there's these unseen things that you don't understand, so you could possibly lose work from that setup, so it's something that I just don't do, I don't really suggest it i would just say that if somebody really wants to hire you and and wants to invest money in, in you and you and what you're providing then they should pay for that and then you guys should work on a time to do so you know so yeah. and nothing against the companies i get it i understand why they do it just me personally it doesn't necessarily work for me because of where i'm at in my career and i can see yeah. how it works for other people as well too but I think, um, you know, I just kind of look at it like, okay, I'm blocked out on that hold with time. Another thing that I've been trying to work out with and my wife and I kind of starting to um, set it up is that um, every time before I even, um, before I jump into a project, I go, okay, well, um, send me the NDA so I can sign that so we can talk about it, like, you know, on a level platform. An NDA is a non-disclosure agreement contract, and that's what um, a client will send out to guys like us to share these really you know like significant th um products basically that they can't share with their public um so we say yeah okay send that through and then i say okay i like this i like this is cool and then i what i do is i have a contract that i'm going to try and share with all you guys i, I need to kind of clean it up and make it so it's more accessible and I need to make some kind of disclaimer thing. You guys can't sue me if something goes wrong. So I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But I'm just trying to help everybody out because when I first started doing freelance, I had nothing. 
and I think this might help people out. But what I do is, so I do the NDA, we have the conversation, I say, okay, I'm down to do this. They say, okay, how much, blah, 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 we work all the numbers out. And then I basically have a contract that I sign that states all the things that we talked about in the email and kind of breaks down like, you know, the premise of things like if you guys don't do this job and there's a kill fee and this this and that and that there's a net 30, net 30 means you guys got to pay me within 30 days after I send the invoice, you guys receive it, all these parameters. And so they kind of all work out. So um, and then I send that through. And so I'm, I'm actually just now starting to do that. I've based a lot of these things off of trust and unfortunately everybody I've worked with has been really great. I've only had a couple weird experiences but nothing horrible. Um, but you know sometimes it takes them 60 days to pay me or 80 days even I've had it, which is a, a pain in the ass to deal with but it just happens you know. Um, and you know those clients are waiting for their clients to pay them and this and that you know so but what this thing will do is if you can get people locked in with this and they can they go okay you send the NDA I sign it we talk about the projects I send you a contract basically stating what we just talked about if it's signed and agreed upon that's a legal document that binds them to working with you and if these are, if these people are serious about working with you and putting the time in they'll agree with it and then you guys can work out the details and everything will come together you know so and it's just a matter of respect I think a lot of artists and people in this industry are lacking their respect from themselves or they're just too busy or whatever it is you know but um it I think things like this doing you know handing this out to people excuse me having people use these things um, as tools to better themselves in the career and the field of work itself will just kind of make things a little bit better I think you know the morale I guess you know so um, but that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I'm I'm at right now, and that's kind of how the system is. Do you do the same thing, or something similar? Oh yeah, I mean it's a, a learning process of like what you want to include in almost on an individual basis. These agreements that you put in front of clients, sometimes you may trust them enough that you don't want to put certain language in front of them, or you build up a rapport if you're. On a, on a new phase of the project and you just want to get something in, in writing again. That I've, I've been doing that a little bit more lately, like the phase agreement stuff where it's not like trying to consider every possible scenario. You're just like, okay, this is a phase. I just need these couple things agreed upon. Then we'll analyze it on the next steps. And that's been helpful for some certain type of work I've been doing lately. Um, but sometimes you'll, I mean, Ultimately, you want something that's pretty bulletproof, and that comes with ideally finding a legal representative that can hear you out as to what you find important. And, you know, I think within $500,000, $1,500, you can get something, something that can, you know, help you out infinitely more than you just putting your own stuff together and like, I hope this is legal and legit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and I'll give, I mean, Jay... Jake's been working on some stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to try and figure out a way to give like a hyperlink to this document that I use that you guys can just go ahead and use. And I'm going to make some kind of disclaimer, like you guys literally don't sue me or if there's some kind of problem with it, I don't want to have any attachment to it other than you guys can just use it. it's public domain kind of shit. I don't want to be attached to it. So, but I want to make it so that there's a, te there's a template basically you guys can there, use, you know, there was a time where I was talking with several other guys in the motion graphics industry. You know, I was an author, a motionographer. Um, I'm very much not posting very much anymore on Motionographer, but um, we, we were just talking about, hey, if we all pooled our resources together, and this is something I want to put out there to the community, is like, if one of you knows a good, solid 
um, legal lawyer type person that knows our industry and the issues at hand, you know, maybe it's a, it's a thing of like, we find that person that's willing to write up something for the industry and it can be in somewhat broad terms, but you know, the whole idea was like, what are our big issues? You know, Hey, we want these things agreed upon rate, um, showing the work, et cetera. Over time, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and Pay, then payment due and stuff. Yeah payment and just just the key things that we're running into and then getting something written up that is you know written by an actual legal representative that knows you know this would hold up and that way you know you can split the cost somehow we, we never really got it all figured out of like how to hire somebody and how to split the cost but we were talking about it <laughs> uh which only goes so far it does and that's what usually happens with us artists we're like yeah you know we talk about these big broad things and we want to do them but we don't and then you know yeah. it, it, like and then you have to figure it out on your own <laughs> yeah and it becomes very taxing and expensive the thing is i want to also explain is that the companies that we work for they also hire and work and have people on staff and, and people that work to protect them and we're basically the same thing as a company when you go s corp so why not have the same thing? You gotta have the same protection. You have to say the same ideals and, and aspects to your um, your setup, basically, you know. And so having these things, it kind of it just makes it, it pushes you to the next level, basically. You, you get taken serious a little bit more. You take yourself seriously a little bit more, and um, and then hopefully you don't get screwed over too much, you know. Like that's a goal at least, you know. And and I think these are all really key and important things to really. Um, think about and try to establish when you're doing these like you know if, when you're at this level when you become a company or you become an identity you become something you know so it's just something key to oh, think about you know absolutely essential to have like a good accountant on your side and I, I feel like a good lawyer sure because over time something will come up you're not going to be contacting your lawyer probably hardly ever if yeah. things are going good but there's going to be times where you really want to take the time to find somebody, ask around, hey, who do you use? And this just once in a blue moon, you know, hey, I'm so glad I, I had somebody that I could reach, reach out to and get their take on this. And it, it's not usually that cost prohibitive to ask them a couple questions over the course of an hour. Yes, yeah, it should just be an hour or two or three of freelance, you know? Yep, exactly. And, and you sort out a lot of issues. So we make it sound probably on this podcast really super simple and easy. I mean, it's not. Once you get into not, it, it's, but it's it, worth it though. It's worth it. It's super important. It's not just like little bits of advice we're tossing out there. Like if you really want to make it in this game, you will figure these things out. You know. Yeah. Or, so and didn't you do one other podcast with um, a VFX guy who? What's his name? Alan McKay. Alan, yeah, where's, I'm looking at your podcast uh, on SoundCloud. Like, anyways, he I listened to something that you shared with me, and he was sharing kind of like how he works business-wise. Alan, did you guys talk about that in the podcast? Or? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, we we touched on a few things from that because yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't know if that was another thing that I want to listen to that one particularly. Yeah, it's really cool. He's got tons of really great advice. He's been he's been in the industry for such a long time and. And you know he's he's seen companies rise and fall and all that stuff too. So he's got a good understanding of how things work, and he manages yeah. to keep his balance as well. A super cool dude too. Alan is a nice guy. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, it's 
it's like you said it's not easy but like I mean I can, we can only hold your hand with these things for so long until you actually go out and do them and hopefully you'd learn you know without you know having to deal with people um, you know attacking you legally or any of that kind of stuff so hopefully it goes along where it's 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 a smooth operation where people respect you and and I guarantee it once you get to that level where you're like okay like if you're gonna if I'm gonna work with you on this and you have to sign this contract I sign your contract we sign and you don't have to necessarily call it a contract even you can just call it an agreement you know like it's a legal binding agreement basically that like connects us and and I think a lot myself and in, included was you know and even still like I kind of get kind of like oh, I don't know if I should send this or if I you know if you like this or this person will be okay with this but then I realize you know, if, if they're okay with, with me spending my time on this, then they should be okay with that. And so it's just a matter of respect. And it's taken me a while to understand it too. And especially from the, the humble beginnings I come from being absolutely poor to where I am now, which is not like I'm rich or anything. It's just I have, I'm able to s sustain a, a decent living, finally, you know? And, yeah, and understanding like, yeah, understanding like it's okay to charge money for the things that you do. It's okay. And understand that it's okay to ask somebody to agree to, to a contract and if they don't then you realize pretty instantly they don't either either um, they don't respect you or they don't they just they're not ready to do business you know like are the business that you want to do you know and so it's just, these are key things to kind of look at and understand with these with the, within this kind of range of work so exactly no very yeah. well put yeah was there any other comments and stuff that came through from the last one that we can cover briefly or I think we covered a lot of the stuff you know a lot of the things I mean I mean uh, what we can do is if in, if you're listening here and you have more questions or something just please just post it to the SoundCloud or to the Facebook um, post or even Twitter I guess and um, if Jake is gonna be so kind as to join up with us again and, and uh, I was telling Jake um, I'm gonna try and have my friend David Sherwin on he, he uh, wrote a couple books on this exact topic and I'm going to get his book in a couple of weeks, probably or a week maybe, and start reading it, studying it, so I can bring him on the podcast. He's agreed to do it, which is awesome. And maybe the three of us will kind of tackle this problem even more and kind of help everybody out. Mm -hmm. um, in the meantime, too, I'm going to try and figure out a way to, to just upload the kind of the, the rough template contract that I use. And um, maybe when Jake gets kind of finished with his and he feels okay with releasing it, he can. No pressure, so Jake, don't feel obligated. It's okay, I'll kind of show the the rough one that I have and maybe I'll pass it along to Jake and just get his ideas and thoughts on it as well and and pass it along to you guys out there so you can use it and you can use it basically for everything um, any freelance job or anything you can it's basically very rough simple layout of like you know and then you can you know attach your name and the con and all that kind of stuff so but um yeah but I think yeah. we've, we've covered everything like that we might have missed last time. And like, I apologize to those people that are listening that didn't get the things that they wanted. It's a very broad topic and it's hard to really like tackle in these talks, but um, we'll, t we'll articulate yeah, it more. Thanks for listening, whoever's listening right now. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys rock and, 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 yeah. and, you're, and, and hopefully we're giving you advice and, and hopefully you guys use it to better yourself and the community which we work in, you know, because that's what this is all about, you know, helping one another and helping yourself to get better. So, yeah. Cool, and, and some shameless self-promotion since I haven't done much of it. Yeah, please, um, please, just drop it. But, yeah, drop it. Yeah, um, is the new site, probably two years plus in the making, so... I'll post a link to the bottom. It's M N eight. So yeah. yeah M N eight. Okay. Um, but yeah. Just, and what uh, about your Twitter feed? You got a Twitter feed that you do or no? I've got all my social links uh, there on the site. I'm, okay. I'm like finally up on the what's whatever 
social sensory we're on here. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm finally like doing the social stuff more. Pinterest is awesome. Cool. Instagram, all that stuff. So okay. And I'll have I'll have links out at the bottom as well, so people can get to it. But yeah, please check out his work. Um, if you if you if you have a question that he or I didn't necessarily address or help with, like I said, please post it to the SoundCloud or Facebook thing. Um, emails might get lost, so just be aware of that. Um, and thanks to everybody that's also emailed me personally and thanking me for the podcast. Like um, I really appreciate all the love. It's just continuing the fuel, so you know I feel like it's not going to like dead ears. So I appreciate that. Same to Jake as well. So if you enjoyed this and you know, want to send some love, that'd be awesome too. No obligation, but it's just it's just cool. You know, like it feels good to get you know um, acceptance and, and, and some amazing talent that, that you've been talking to. So this is a great resource. Really cool that Ash is doing this. Well, well, thanks, Thank dude. You, I can, I can only, I can only do it when I have friends like you guys to help me out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a two-way circle. So, yeah, or what's that even mean? Two-way circle. <laughs> it's, it's a complete circle of life, Lion King style. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Well, have a great day, and um, thank you so much. And I appreciate it. We'll do, we'll do part three. We'll do part three if you're up for it down the road. Maybe definitely, man. And uh, I'll look forward to hearing about your epic bike rides. Awesome, thank you. And and I want to do a, uh, just one on you where we don't talk about the freelancing. We just talk about so when you get a project out that you feel like you really want to just like blow up and talk about and just the process yeah. and stuff, just hit me up and we'll, we'll do it. Awesome, man. Well, good luck with everything in the meantime, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking. Awesome, thanks, buddy. Right. You too. Cheers. Later. See ya. Very close. Very close. Very close. Very close.